back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network, and I'm your host, Eric Norton. What's going on, everybody? I hope you are having a blessed week. I know that I am. Thank you so much for joining joining us again this week for another loaded edition of the Fat Packs. Hey, let's just get right into the show. Uh, new products and new pricing. Again, it's a slow week. It feels weird. I don't know what to do. I guess there's more coming in the hobby soon. But on the new on the new calendar release, all we have all we have to talk about is uh, 2018-19 Crown Royal Basketball, uh, which the biggest card I think in the product has already been pulled. So that's a little that's a little bit of a downer, but it's still there's still some good names out there to be found. But that Luka Doncic uh, logo patch or tag patch has already been found. Uh, it was a one of one. It was beautiful. And now you're chasing DeAndre Ayton, I guess, and uh, Knox from the Knicks. Knox from the Knicks. How's not that funny? Nice little alliteration there. But uh, there's there's other guys to be found, of course. But the Doncic is gone. So uh, I guess now you're, now you're chasing those other guys. Still a beautiful product. I've always loved the Crown Royal brand. Uh, loved it in hockey. Miss uh, liked, liked it in football, but the hockey cards were, were really awesome that Panini was able to produce with that brand. Uh, and then, then the other only other new product out there is the 2019 uh, Super Breaks, the Bar Edition Series 1. Those cards are beautiful. We see them in the office before they hit the product because uh, we do the grading and we got to we have to verify the the signatures and everything like that. I cannot tell you like how beautiful those cards are. Uh, the artwork, the signatures that they they get to uh, add to the the checklist, uh, and some of the memorabilia on them are just you're just not going to find it anywhere else. There, it's a it's a really nice product if you haven't. Check, check if you haven't checked out uh, a Super Break uh, bar product, it's really worth your money and your time to do so. Um, I did skip over the uh, the new the new pricing because I only have one two uh, one there as well. I said one two one one there as well, and it's just 2018 19 Upper Deck Trilogy Hockey that is priced for the most part. Still looking for some of those autographed uh, items out there to uh, hit the market so we can get finalize the pricing. But for the most part, that that product is priced. If you have any of that uh, pricing information that you would like to send my way, please do so. You can do it at Eric in at Beckett.com, and I will be happy to uh, take a look at what you have. And if it fits, I will definitely, or if it fits and it's legitimate, I will definitely uh, add it to the price guide for you. No problem, no questions asked. All right, um, we have a great show lined up for you with Jared from Pristine Auctions. But before we get to him, uh, I want to thank, again, uh, Badger Breaks for for jumping on and being a sponsor, and a new sponsor this month, Mr. Ken Carl from Ken Carl Sports Art. Um, both of those guys uh, are are doing great things in the hobby for you. One one being a breaker, and one is an amazing artist. Again, uh, go check them out. Thank you to both of them for uh, hopping on board with the fat packs. Now, um, I want to talk about our thirty teams in thirty weeks NBA style. Number twenty one is the Indiana Pacers, and I got to be honest with you, I don't put this list together, so I don't. I I just see it afterwards. And I'm a little surprised that uh, that this team is here at 21. I thought they would at least be in the teens, but you know it is what it is. Uh, they, and I guess I'm basing that off of of Reggie Miller and how how wonderful I remember him being in the 90s. He was a, a just an assassin. He was so clutch. Everybody remembers when he he destroyed the Knicks in, in Game One of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. Uh, he scored eight eight points in nine seconds. It was absolutely amazing. Um, 30 for 30 did a great um, 
profile of him uh, on ESPN 30 for 30 uh, was called Miller Time. It's still one of my favorite ones to watch. But I wanted to break down the, the Indiana Pacers team for you. Number 21, this is our partnership with Panini. Uh, guys, uh, love Panini. Thanks for, for jumping on board uh, with the Beckett brand as we do these uh, 30 teams in 30 weeks NBA style. All right, um, here's the roster. Danny Granger, George McGinnis, who uh, probably more for his ABA fame than anything else, uh, Reggie Miller, Paul George, Rick Smith, completely underrated Rick Smith, I think. Great compliment to Reggie Miller and those Pacers teams in the 90s. Jermaine O'Neal and Mel Daniels. Let's let's check out what they have to say about this uh, this lineup and why they went with what they did. Um, Granger. Granger steadily improved from his first season in which he averaged 7.5 points per game to his fourth season in which he averaged 26 points per game. Each season, he added more than five points to his per-game average, becoming the first player in NBA history to do that for three straight seasons. He was an all-star in the 08-09 season and was given the Most Improved Player Award. His second, he is second in Pacers history in three-pointers, though he's over 1,500 behind Reggie Miller in that category. That is insane, but I'm not surprised because Reggie Miller was a beast. All right, uh, George McGinnis. Again, I said this is probably more for his ABA fan, but let's check it out. An Indianapolis native and an and Indiana Hoosier, McGinnis was born, was a hometown hero who helped the Pacers to two straight ABA titles. There you go. He was the ABA playoffs MVP in 1973, his second season in the league. McGinnis was the 74-75 ABA MVP, and that season he averaged 30 points and 14 boards per game. He left the Pacers to join the NBA, but eventually came back to Indiana for the last two and a half seasons of his career. McInnes's jersey, jersey number 30, was retired by the Pacers, and he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2017. Then we have our man Reggie Miller. Uh, <laughs> I just I loved Reggie Miller, and I again I, I thought this team would be in the teens, but 21's not horrible, I guess. The man most responsible for bringing three-point shooting into the modern era. Miller retired with the most threes in history. Undoubtedly the greatest player in the history of the Pacers. He was renowned for his clutch shooting. His signature moment was with came with the Pacers against the Knicks in the playoffs, famously scoring eight points in nine seconds, as I mentioned earlier. <laughs> eight points in nine seconds uh, against the Knicks in the Game 1 Eastern Conference semifinals while trash-talking director Spike Lee. God, he, he, did, he sure did trash-talking. Spike Lee was pissed off about that for years. He was a five-time... Five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, and was inducted into the Hall, Basketball Hall of Fame in 2012. Um, Paul George. I think everybody remembers when Paul George broke his leg with the Pacers. That's what I would remember about him most. But let's see what they say here. Drafted 10th overall in the NBA in the NBA draft in 2010, uh, George became one of the very best players in NBA w- with the Pacers. He made four all-star teams in seven seasons. That despite missing almost the entire 2014-15 season with a devastating leg break. His best season was his last one as a Pacer, averaging 24 points and over six boards per game. He also He's also one of the best defenders in the game. That's no doubt if you check out what he's doing now. Um, making the all-defensive team twice. I'm sorry, all defensive team once and second team twice. He led the Pacers as far as the Eastern Conference Finals in 2013. Right now, PG-13 is um, 
he's an MVP candidate without a doubt, but there's a guy down in Houston named James Harden, AKA the beard that is absolutely going to win that, win that award award. I don't know if you saw it last night, but he scored 61 points and he had 15 boards. He's the first player since Shaquille O'Neal to score at least 60 points and have 15 boards. Not only did he have 61 points and 15 boards, but he did it in the garden and he died and he tied Kobe Bryant's record in the garden for most points scored. So, um, I know that he's shooting a lot, and his field goal percentage right now is something like 47%. I get it, but he's got no one else on that team. It's not the Houston Rockets. It's the Houston Rocket, and James Harden is doing an absolute fabulous job, and he's going to win the MVP. It's just, it's January 24th. You can lock that in right now. James Harden is going to be the MVP. Uh, Rick Smith, who I mentioned earlier, I think he's underrated. Uh, the dunking Dutchman stood seven foot four inches and was a key member of the Pacers team of the 1990s that consistently challenged for the Eastern Conference crown. He was named he was named the NBA All-Rookie Team after being drafted second overall in the 88 NBA draft. Smith was an All-Star in 1998 while averaging 17 points and seven, seven boards per game. He was a part of the Pacers squad that made the injury issues I'm sorry. He was a he was a part of the Pacers squad that made the NBA Finals in 2000, but retired after the that season due to injury issues with his feet. Smiths played his entire 12 year season. I'm sorry, his entire 12 season NBA career with the Pacers. Man, I I just think Smiths is underrated. Um, not I mean I, I would understand why he's not highly collectible, but I think he's underrated as a as in the hobby. Uh, 2018. I'm sorry, Jermaine O'Neal. The card that we represent here is the 2018-19 absolute memorabilia. Past autographs. O'Neal's uh, NBA career spanned almost two decades, but his eight years in Indiana were by far his most successful. All six of his NBA star, All-Star appearances occurred while a Pacer. He was an, also an All-NBA second-teamer once and an All-NBA third-teamer twice. The 6'11"-inch O'Neal was extremely athletic for his size, averaging a double-double for three seasons in, in Indiana while blocking more than two shots per game. His arrival in Indiana jump started his career, earning the most valuable player, most improved player award in 2002. And then finally, Mel Daniels. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know a lot about Mel, so here we go. Daniels was the Pacers' best player in, in the NBA and is among the best ABA players ever. He was the ABA MVP in both 1969 and 1971 and was an all-star for six seasons of his career in Indiana. Daniels was key to Indiana's three ABA championships. He averaged as many as 18 rebounds per wow. He averaged as many as 18 rebounds uh, per game in a season. And his career averages in Indiana were 19 points and 16 boards per game. His number 34 is retired by the Pacers and he was inducted to the NBA I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he was inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2012. There is no NBA Hall of Fame. That is uh I now I got to look him up. Why isn't Mel Daniels more collectible? Why don't you hear about his name out there? Let's see what's going on. Notes to myself later in the day. All right. Um, that's it for the first segment. Uh, again, thanks to Badger Breaks and Ken Carl Sports Arts. I really appreciate you guys hopping on with me. Uh, we got Jared from Pristine Auctions coming up next. So you guys just hang tight, and we'll be right back after these messages. A quick reminder that this week's show is brought to you by Badger Breaks. Find them on Facebook by searching for Badger Breaks or just check out their website, badgerbreaks.com, to get involved in some of the best breaks in the hobby. 
All right, coming up next here on the Fat Packs is our featured interview of the week, and I am really happy and proud to bring you this next gentleman to you. Uh, when we think auctions, I know that there are a ton of auctions ho- auction houses out there that you collectors and dealers can go to, but I don't think there's anyone better out there than Pristine. And I have with me right now Jared Cavilli. Cavilli, I'm sorry. I said his name wrong, and I said I wouldn't. I have Jared from Pristine with me. Jared, how are you doing, sir? Doing good, doing good, Eric. Thank you. I'm sorry, Thanks I butchered. I'm sorry, I butchered your name right after I asked you what it was. Um, yeah, man, no problem. Can you please just uh, introduce yourself? We know who you are. You're, you're, you're Jared from Pristine, but tell my listeners uh, how long you've been involved with the hobby as a collector. Yeah, you know, as a collector, man, it's it dates back a long ways. You know, I think probably seven, eight years old. I remember hearing one of those, one of those fun stories about a relative finding some old baseball cards in the attic. And uh, that got my mind rolling. And so I started doing the sports card collecting thing back then. Um, and then that developed into collecting autographs and, you know, long story short, we started pristine auction. My wife and I back in uh, 2010 is when that started. So shortly after married a couple of years and then decided to give it a shot as a full-time gig. And, uh, Started that in 2010. Awesome. Now you said you said chasing autographs. Does this mean you went out and, and like at, to ballparks and try to get autographs, or were you just tracking down uh, autographs from on the secondary market? Yeah. So you know, I was born and raised here in Phoenix, and I'm one of the guys who was born and raised here and didn't leave. So uh, um, <laughs> with being here in Phoenix, we got a spring training here, and, and I actually grew up about maybe about a mile from where the Peoria or Peoria sports complex where the Padres and Mariners spring train. So, you know, that was one of my first memories of getting autographs is I, I just wanted to check it out. I'd heard about it. So I rode my bike up there after school one day and, uh, Ken Caminetti was standing out there at the fence signing autographs. And, uh, you know, I was collecting cards for a while, getting somewhat frustrated with the hobby back then because I would just put so much money into it and open packs and wouldn't really get out of it what I felt like I should. Um, and then the mind, you know, wheels started turning. I realized, man, I could get these cards signed, uh, and they'd be worth a whole lot more money. So for years and years, I just accumulated it, didn't sell it. Um, you know, Tony Gwynn, it was, it was mostly the spring training guys here. And the, you know, I started learning little tricks on getting their autographs and the basketball teams here with the Suns being here, the Cardinals. So, you know, I did so much of the same guys and eventually started selling my extras, um, after not wanting to for so many years. Um, and then that, started developing the business. So still have a lot of that stuff that I collected even back then, but uh, it, it, it developed into a business. Once I learned I can make a few bucks on the side doing it as well. So uh, I know that once that autograph chasing gets into some people's blood, it's hard to get out of it. Do you still go down to spring training and try to pick up autographs or are you past that now? Yeah. You know, as much as I'd love to, and I, I do every once in a while, but it, man, it, it is in your blood. I mean, you know, it's just funny. I just got back from um, Chili Bowl, which is a dirt race. Uh, some some people might know what that is, but it's a dirt race, and some of the NASCAR guys get in that. So, like Alex Bowman's there, and Christopher Bell, and uh, Jeff Gordon was hanging out of the track. <laughs> and um, you know, there's a moment where because I, we actually sponsor a couple cars, and so we're around all these guys, and there's that split second when you see one of those guys where just your mind kind of switches to that autograph chaser mode and you're grabbing for a pen you're wondering where your stuff's at to get signed so it's definitely still in the blood um and it, it's still hard for me to be totally honest with you to go to any sporting event and not think about it and feel like i need to have something to get autographed so <laughs> you know it's definitely a hobby that i've enjoyed for a lot of years and uh try to do it as much as i can but it's it's tougher as the years go on and have a family and 
it's tough to find the same free time as I did back then. Of course. Uh, I went to spring training for the first time in my life last year, and like it blew my mind. I've seen it at you know here in Dallas. I've seen it at at the park or whatever, but I have never seen the amount of autograph hounds and chasers have that, that I did in spring town training in, in there in the Phoenix area. It is absolutely yeah. like a one hundred percent full time commitment. And if you can't commit to it a hundred percent, then it's probably best just to get out because it's just it's totally. almost a brutal sport, right? It's like a fight club almost. It is, and it's, you know, over the years it's gotten harder almost every year. I mean, we just always joke that, uh, you know, security is looking for Sharpies and not handguns. Sure. I mean, it, it gets tough, man. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It's, it's uh, you know, a lot of people out there all battling for the same space. Um, you know, and you, you, if you do it for a while, you get friendly with guys and learn tips, and there's, there's ways to avoid the crowds, but it's tough because it doesn't take long before a new way to get an autograph is going to turn into a way that everybody knows about, and it's, be tough sure tough to get it so so i want to talk about pristine because pristine is a, is it's a name that i i feel like is synonymous with a hobby now because the, the great things you guys are doing over there and we're going to get to that but let's let's go back to the beginnings you kind of touched on it earlier you guys were running this thing out of a spare bedroom in your home but like what sparked the interest hey i could really sell this stuff i know that you mentioned that you were selling off your extras but how do you how do you take that into being like a full-time job yeah you know that's really what started it i mean i you know i went to school for business um and i've always had a business mind back from you know selling candy out of my bedroom to my brother and sister so um you know i i've always had an interest in business and enjoyed it um and you know nothing better than trying to turn your hobby into a business uh you know looking back we've of course come a long way and things have changed a lot but uh but yeah, you know, I used to sell on eBay a lot and, you know, got frustrated with some things and, and you're spending so much to do the work yourself. And then, so I started sending some other auction houses and in doing that, I learned what I did and didn't like about them um, and started learning more about the business side. And then, you know, I, the way my mind works, I had a thousand ideas and, and my wife's so patient, she goes with all of them. But, you know, it was just another one of those ideas and on a car ride where I said, hey, why don't we try, you know, to make our own auction, maybe do it the way that I'd want as a collector. And, uh, you know, she gave the blessing and let me, let me go on a crazy ride. And, you know, I just, I did, I just started, uh, with my own collection, um, just a way to sell that. And then it transitioned into some consigners hopping on board and, uh, trusting us with their memorabilia. Uh, and, you know, that's really what we've tried to do different is, is, uh, we're different in a way where we have something happening all the time. You know, I always got frustrated as a collector and a buyer myself where I'd go to an auction and be, you know, once a quarter, once a month. Uh, and it, I, I just felt like in this, in this day and age, you know, I want to go through a drive through and have instant food, you know? So sure. we've got, we, we even have a 10 minute auction now, but our, our bread and butter is really our daily auction, which is a lot of fun. There's never a reserve. Everything starts at a buck. Um, usually a thousand plus lots every day right now. So, Wow. Um, you know, it's, we just wanted to build something that as a collector myself sitting, sitting and, and shopping that, that I'd want to hang out at. So awesome. That's, that's, that's a great, uh, it's a great concept for a business. And the, like you say, if you can turn a hobby into a business. That's even better because it's just something you love. I, I'm, I hate to assume, but I, I assume you really never worked a day, uh, with pristine because you, you love what you do. Is it, am I wrong there or be, I mean, no, that, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It's I, hard I, I work. I get agree. it. But I mean, obviously, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And some days are better than others. Of course, you know, there's a lot of, 
a lot of challenges to grow a business, but uh, yeah, I definitely would never rather do something else. I mean, sure. if you can turn your hobby into a business, it's hard hard to complain about that. Absolutely. Now, the pristine the name pristine that's an awesome name. But I want to know where did that come from? Was that who who decided that that was the name we were going with? And were there other options out there before you settled on pristine? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I wish I had some kind of fun, magical story for that. But, um, you know, I just, so it really started years before we started the auction as a, a business with a friend of mine. We were just going to set up memorabilia. And you've seen the concept where you set up memorabilia for charity auctions at a, a gym or a, some other kind of event. You come in, you set it up, you get a percentage, and, you, and the charity makes some money. And it's a great concept. Um, so I started out with a buddy of mine and, and, didn't really work out, but, but we decided on the name by sitting down just for lunch one day. And we, you know, the, the key was we pulled up domains. We, a domain needed to be available okay. and the name needed to be available. And we wanted to have something to do with, uh, sports memorabilia or cards. Um, and so that's, that's really where pristine was born. It was one that was, the domain was available and it, it, it related to what we wanted to do. And so, that died for a couple of years, and then when the auction came about, since that business was dead, we decided to transition that over to to the auction, and so that's that's how that name came about. At least there is an origin story. At least it's not you know you're throwing darts at a board or something. <laughs> that's what you came up with. Yeah, at least you have a something. Not quite that bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I wish I remembered. I, I don't have. I mean, I'm sure we had a scratch sheet of paper, and we just kept going through names, but. If anyone's gone through that process, it gets frustrating because you come up with ones you like and then oh, taken, 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 and you go down the list. And, um, you know, it's hard to find a name that others haven't thought of that really relates to the hobby. You know, that's a that's true, uh, especially a pain on Twitter nowadays as well with, you know, like say, say you want to open up. You know, I know that you guys have a, a great Twitter account, but if it wasn't available, what do you do then? You know, it's it's, it's a pain. But you guys, you guys fought yeah. through it, and here we are. You, you moved on from 2010 out of a spare bedroom in your home, and you're now in this beautiful 37,000 square feet facility. How fast was was Pristine growing? That that you had to look at each other and say, "Hey, we need to upgrade." Yeah, you know, actually, really about every year we've moved. Um, knock on wood, I hope that doesn't happen again because we haven't started building a new facility, but it, it's pretty amazing how, how quick it fills up and we've been really blessed with that. But, you know, it started in the spare bedroom for about a year. We actually bought a home um, as an investment personally, but then used it for the first about year for the business as that was growing. And then after that, the next year, so about year three uh, or maybe year two, I'd say, we, we moved into our first commercial space. And then in that same complex, they, they worked with us every year to move to another place within that same complex and continue to grow. Uh, and then about a year ago, we moved into this facility uh, January of last year. So we've been in here uh, just over a year now. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, it's 37,000 square feet out in Phoenix, and, and we're filling it up fast. we got about 100 people on our team uh, working hard to make it all happen. So that's definitely grown, that's grown a great- faster than I could have imagined. That's a great story of growth there, and uh, one it speaks to your business acumen as well. But two, uh, th- I think you guys are like you're growing as the hobby grows as well, and that's kind of cool to see. Watch the uh, the interaction between the two because you guys uh, are definitely inter- in industry leaders for many reasons. But uh, something I love that you do are the different auctions that you do. You mentioned them earlier. You have your ten minute auctions, your your daily auctions. But what are some of the kind of 
are there kind of different levels there or are you kind of getting the same kind of lots in all the different auctions or does like say the the monthly auction have a little bit of stuff than maybe the 10 minute auction would yeah usually you know usually if a consigner sends us a premium lot it's typically going to go in our in our monthly elite auction um and that's that's what helps is we have we really do have formats that cater to everybody but uh you know, you'd be surprised some of the items you see pop into the dailies. I mean, yesterday, you know, when Tom, when, when a player's hot like Tom Brady, who's of course hitting his, a Super Bowl again. Sure. I think we had four or five Tom Brady lots that were in the daily auction. Started at a buck, no reserve. So it really, some of that's a little bit out of our control because you know almost everything in our auction is consigned. Sure. Um, so you know, we give advice on that to our consigners, but ultimately, you know, we work close to them with them to decide which auction uh, different lots hit. So. Speaking of consigners, what are you doing to actively find consigners? I'm, I'm again. There's, you know, there's a dime a dozen auction houses out there. Some that some are great, and some you've never heard of. But what are you guys doing to attract consigners? And what options are you offering them that maybe another one won't? Maybe another auction house won't. Yeah, you know, speaking just from a marketing perspective, most of our energy is spent really looking for buyers, and it's sort of if you build it, though, will come mentality where. Okay. We definitely promote that we'll sell for you on our website and all of that. And we, we do proactively reach out to certain sellers, but a lot of our big sellers have found us because of the marketing we do to buyers. So it really seems to, as you, if you're marketing to buyers and, and they see that your buyers are coming, then a lot of consigners are going to hop on. But, you know, I think we offer something a little different that consigners, consigners like, you know, our, because our marketing so strong, our, our pricing is fantastic and we, turn things over so fast because of the team we have here and the auction formats that we have. So that's a big plus. Um, we pay very quickly. You know, we have an ACH auction where we, we uh, pay electronically and we actually do that twice a week for our consigners. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things for us. It's really a speed thing. Um, in this business, you, you're setting up the next signing when you're, when you're doing a current signing. And so it's really a cash flow thing where you really want to turn and burn. So, you know, we, we just see ourselves as partners who are consigners, and we want to get that stuff sold for as much as possible, as quickly as possible, and and get them paid. So, absolutely, and consigners like to get paid. So, so that's a that's a good yep. thing that you're working yeah, the speed thing on a speed platform with them. Um, I want to switch gears and talk about uh, the Ken Stabler collection. Um, you guys were chosen to auction off uh, the Snake's personal collection, but. In the bio there uh, on your information page, it says that you got to spend a little bit of time with with the snake, and he shared some stories. Can you pass along a couple of those? And and like, what was it like meeting such a legend of of, of football? Yeah, that 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 was pretty awesome. So you know, we got somewhat lucky with that deal because one of our clients had his exclusive, um, so that helped us out to get in front of him. Um, but honestly, we just received a phone call one day saying, hey, Ken Slabler wants to grab lunch with you guys and talk about selling his collection. And so caught, off, caught us off guard, but of course we weren't saying no to that. We, we hopped on the opportunity, went and grabbed some pizza, sat with him for a while. Um, and then actually what was kind of nuts about that whole situation was he revealed to us about his uh, sickness. He had, a, he had, I believe, prostate cancer. And so he told us before his teammates or really the – the sports community knew. Oh, wow. Um, and so he took confidence in us and we really developed really quickly a friendship with him. Um, unfortunately, we only got to spend a couple of days with him, but went through the collection with him. Um, he told us all kinds of stories and we really wish we would have gotten that all. Our plan was to actually record all those stories and present it with the collection. Um, but then he had traveled home and, and the sickness progressed and he ended up passing away, which was unfortunate. But, um, 
man, the stories, I mean, he, he, he just loved to love to talk about and reminisce about his playing years. And, uh, it was just a lot of fun to sit. It's hard to sit here and, and remember specifics. Um, I wish that's why I wish that I had recorded them, but <laughs> it was one story after another, especially when, when he pick up a trophy and just tell us all about that season. And I mean, he had like his, his shoulder pads that he had used his entire career helmets that they would repaint back then. Instead of giving him like a pro bowl helmet, they would paint it and then repaint it back to Raiders. So it was quite a collection to go through. One piece that I did want to ask you about from that auction that, uh, was his was his Alabama commitment letter or what letter of intent was is that right you guys saw that yeah I think I think that was his uh it was just like his letter it was a letter presented to him like okay. what do you call it the letter that you would go on a jacket sure oh, okay I got you letter. I got you All yeah right. so they would call it, it was like a varsity letter letter that was presented to him but yeah that was one of my favorite pieces just that- the look of it and the fact of how unique that was to his career and how important of a piece that was to his career that's an that's an awesome uh, little get there if you can get it. So, all right, I want to I want to move on because you guys are helping a couple of great uh, organizations. Both both of them are I'm sure near and dear to your hearts because you, otherwise you wouldn't be jumping in with them. Um, one of them is called uh, a Hoop Hope Sports. I'm sorry, and then Identity Hoops International. Tell us a little bit about both of those, please. Yeah, so you know, a couple organizations that we found. Um, through some friends locally here, but Hope Sports is actually uh, based in, they're based in Tijuana, Mexico. Um, and we ended up finding them by, we went, a team from uh, from uh, Pristine went and built a, a home in Tijuana for a uh, less fortunate family. So it's uh, it's pretty wild. You're right across the border in San Diego into Tijuana, and there's just a whole neighborhood that this organization has built. They've done it in all kinds of different countries, but what we like about them too is they, they focus on athletes. So they bring athletes in. It's a real, real, a huge team building opportunity. Um, and both these organizations, what they share is that they're all about uh, athletes finding identity outside of sports, um, especially professional athletes. They've just been consumed with sports and they've been told that that's their identity is in sports. Um, and so they really minister to those athletes and just help them find purpose outside of sports. And it starts with that team building experience of building a home. And it, it's, it's life changing. I mean, I don't know if, uh, you know, if you ever have an opportunity to go on one of these builds, it's it's meaningful, um, impactful, and it makes a difference to a family like you wouldn't believe. So, so that's Hope Sports. Identity Hoops is a, actually a basketball team. Um, they take a lot of guys who are sort of at the end of their career. Some of them actually do end up getting overseas contracts by going on this tour, uh, but they do basketball tours locally and really around the country. Um, but they take it a step further. Again, they're focused on the identity of the athlete. They, they really minister to them and help them find their identity outside of athletics. Uh, and then they also take that team and they go into uh, different cities and they work with churches and schools and, and go into communities and uh, do community work uh, for them as well as a team-building experience. Awesome. You guys are doing great work, uh, both in the hobby and outside the hobby. And uh, you have you have are having a direct effect on your communities and that's that's really great i'm glad we could highlight that here for you today all right we're gonna uh, wrap this up and get you out of here but uh, before we do can you please let my listeners know where they can uh, find pristine auctions on on social media and then maybe where they can sign up and and get consigned um get some consignments for you as well yeah so uh, pristineauction.com it's uh, spelled p-r-f-p-r-i-s-t-i-n-e auction.com um, that's of course our, our website. Um, all of our social media handles are just at pristine auction. Um, and we're, we're face, we do Facebook live every, every Friday at minimum on, uh, on, uh, Facebook. So 
and that does go to other channels. We're on YouTube and Twitch and things like that. But that's a lot of fun. We hang out, uh, do some giveaways and things like that. So make sure to check that out if you haven't checked that out already. All right, guys, go check them out, please, because you know that I wouldn't have brought them to you if I didn't like what they were doing. So uh, I'm, I hope that this was an informative uh, conversation for you guys. Their 10-minute auctions are amazing. The stuff that you're going to find there are really great. And like Jared said, they're they're working on a, their speed, their, their quick turnaround. So uh, it's definitely something cool to go check out. And got to check out those free giveaways on their Facebook Live. Um, all right, Jared, thank you so much for joining us. And you guys hang tight, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Brian from Stock Signatures, and you're listening to the Fat Pack. All right, that was Jared from Pristine Auctions if you need him. Thanks so much uh, to Jared and Pristine Auctions for coming on the show. I really appreciate that. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Go check them out. Register to go ahead and be uh, to, on their site so you can start bidding on some of those great 10-minute auctions and those one-day auctions. And, of course, they have the, the more premium items on those those larger 30-day items. You can also consign with them. Make sure that you're checking out that if you have some uh, some nice memorabilia or you know autographs that you're looking to move. Go give them a call. Uh, tell them the Fat Pack sent you, and uh, maybe that'll work out for you. Hope that it does. All right, man. Uh, we're going to wrap up this show by talking about a f- couple of stories that are out there. Uh, but first, I want to talk about the Hall of Fame uh, because, man, Mo Rivera just—he was the first unanimous player ever to uh, to be voted into Hall of Fame, and I'm so happy that that happened because uh, there are other guys in the past that you that you can definitely say should have been there uh, as the unit. I think Ken Griffey Jr. comes to mind, uh, Hank Aaron, Kyle Ripken, all those guys, Willie Mays. Those all those were all guys that are, that should have been unanimous voted in with 100. percent But it didn't happen. But this this class got it right with Mo Rivera. Oddly enough, he was the he was the closer, right? So he was the last one to to he was the guy to break that streak. You know, he closed out that streak uh, as a as a pun on the words there. But we have uh, we have Edgar Martinez, and that's who I really want to talk about. Gosh, so happy being a Seattle guy. Uh, <laughs> Edgar got it, the best right-handed hitter I have ever seen. And if you listen to guys in the major league who who don't talk about sports cards on a podcast for a living they'll tell you the same thing that guy was just absolutely amazing and that's why we have an Edgar Martinez giveaway um that's uh, that we're going to do look for it on our Twitter post when we put it up all of our uh, giveaways will be done on Twitter just just so there's clarification there uh, look for it on our Twitter post we'll be giving that away uh, in conjunction with this week's show I hope you guys enjoy it it's a nice uh, autograph from I believe it's from Tribute. If it's not from Tribute, it's from Triple Threads. But I have it there for you guys to go ahead and enter. Uh, speaking of giveaways, though, we got to give away our Dr. Chill 6 giveaway, Mr. Sam Travis from National Treasures uh, Timelines. This is a nice, I believe it's number 99 as well. But uh, let's just go ahead and announce the winner here as I hit the random button. And the winter, the winner is going to be Pause for dramatic effect. Pause for dramatic effect. Pause for dramatic effect. And there we go. Nick Haddix, you are our winner. Uh, at Nick Haddix3, you have one week to claim your prize by uh, sending us a direct message uh, on Twitter. And then you can go ahead and claim your, your Sam Travis autograph. Uh, congratulations. I hope you enjoy it. Shout out to, uh, shout out to my guy, Paps, who won that. Awesome, Carl Edwards that he posted up on uh, 
on Twitter as well. But Nick Haddix, you are a winner. You have one week to claim your prize. Please send us a direct message, and we will uh, get this out to you. Congratulations. Uh, look for that Edgar Martinez giveaway to be up very soon, uh, if it's not already. And uh, go ahead and we'll leave it up for a week like we've been doing these. And I hope that you guys enjoy it. I uh, want to give a shout-out to uh, both Joe and uh, – Brian, who who joined me last week, great response to that show. Uh, he, Joe, our our sport, our super collector of the month, with his uh, starting lineups. Man, I had no idea, and I'm gonna have to have him back on because he's got some more more things that we need to talk about. So uh, he'll be on again in the future. And then Brian with those great Red Sox autographs, how to get them? Uh, kind of a kind of a kept secret in the hobby. You don't know about it because all those bigger guys are are swooping in and uh, you know getting big names. But if you're looking for prospecting autographs, especially Red Sox autographs, Brian's the way to go. Check him out at Sox Signatures. Thank you, thank you to both of those guys for joining me last week. I really appreciate it. All right, let's move on to um, uh, to the Super Bowl. As we talk about uh, Tom Brady, man, uh, Ryan Cracknell has posted a great rundown of Tom Brady's. Uh, it's a rookie. It's a rookie card countdown of Tom Brady. I think we all know that Tom Brady is the absolute best quarterback ever, and there's a reason that they call him the goat. I don't know why there's any debate, but uh, it is what it is, and I know it kills my my colleague, Mr. Matt Bible, who is an Ohio State guy, that the best the best player in NFL history or best quarterback in NFL history is without a doubt Tom Brady, a Michigan man. So sorry about that. Uh, we're not going to run down this whole list because I believe there's 44 or 45 of them, but I just want to run down the number one, and I think it's no surprise because it always gets – you know, it gets all the pub and it gets all the attention as it should because it's it's a it's a hard card to find, and when you find it out there, you got to make sure that it's not faked or anything like that. But that's the 2000 playoff contenders Tom Brady rookie autograph number 140 number 144. Uh, this winds notes on it: Tom Brady has 13 different autograph cards from 2000. Only one of them is a rookie card. Needless to say, the 2000 playoff contenders Tom Brady rookie card is a big one. While most of these on the secondary market have been graded, there are a couple of things to look for to avoid fakes. And he has a nice link that you can go check out to make sure that you're not picking up a fake one. The autograph isn't the lone factor in this card's popularity and iconic status. Contenders remains a benchmark release for football where, where not all the regular rules apply. The brand is a major part of the draw. Besides the base variations, the, this championship ticket parallel number to 100 that is also signed is absolutely amazing. All right, so that one is tough to find uh, that's not fake. Again, he has a link to help you out so you can see what's not fake or how to, how to spot a fake. But uh, make sure you go check that out. Uh, then there's a there's another one here that uh, I want to talk about that Ryan did. This is the, the 1990 Topps George Bush baseball card recently sold uh for over twenty five thousand uh, dollars this this card in particular has been a subject uh here on the show back when eldar was with me uh for a few episodes we, we talked about this a couple of times and lo and behold it sold um it sold recently at au- on auction for twenty five thousand six hundred and ninety five dollars this is an absolute beauty of a card it's a bgs9 uh, i just the, the legend of this card continues to grow and grow and grow. So uh, the BGS nine mint card is likely one of the 100 copies given to President Bush during a February 1990 White House visit by Topps Arthur Shorn. 
1990 Tops George Bush one card, two variations. It was discovered by PSA in 2013 that the famous card has two different versions. It's believed that one with the glossy coating were the ones in the binder that, that were presented to the president. These are the cards that have direct the direct tie to the president and the history that comes with them. Other copies exist without the coating. Not intended for public release, several have still made their way onto the secondary market over the years. It's still ex- an expo- expositionally rare to see these show up. In fact, between both BGS and PSA, this is a pop one at this grade with none higher. Just nine glossy 1990 Topps George Bush cards have, have been rated, graded by BGS. This is the only one to receive a nine. Other grades include three eight fives and three eights. The highest grade for the PSA is a near mint eight. That's an absolutely astounding thing to talk about from from a junk wax card and junk wax era card. This is something that is just absolutely baffling to me that um, it, it sells for the way it does. But it's a beautiful card. Please go check out the rest of the article at Beckett.com. Uh, 1990 tops George Bush baseball card. Tops 25,000. Absolutely great to see. And then finally, of course, there are some Tops uh, Series 1 baseball variations and short prints out there. Ryan has broken it down for you. He's got a nice guide for you, uh, as he always does. Uh, how to use the card backs to confirm 2019 Top Series 1 variation. Uh, we'll, we'll run this down for you. Want an easy way to confirm you have a variation or short print before you even look at the front of the card? Once again, the fine print on the back has a bit of a cheat code. As part of the production process, Tops assigns a CMP code to different card types. It's not meant for collector use, but it has become a telltale sign for variations in a lot of se- lot of s- sets in recent years. 2019 Top Series 1 is no different. To find the code, look to the string of numbers at the end of the fine print. If you have a base card, it looks like they all end in 910. Sometimes subsets might have something different. If you have a card that has a code that ends in 967, it's a variation. So, uh, it's a, it's a great little uh, point a point to uh, an SP, a likely SP there for you. So uh, go ahead and, and check out the rest of that article. Also on Beckett.com, 2019 Tops Series, series 1 Baseball Variations, Short Prints, and SSP Guide. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. Again, I want to thank my, uh, my sponsor, Badger Breaks. Go check them out. Uh, at badgerbreaks.com, or you can search for him on uh, on Facebook at Badger Breaks uh, in your search bar. He's got some awesome breaks up for you this week. Uh, not surprisingly, Crown Royal is already sold out, and the Contenders Football 12 box case is sold out. That was a PYT. But you can get in on Flawless Collegiate Basketball, Panini Dominion, Dominion Basketball. Uh, they have a Contenders 12-box uh, case at Random Teams and Panini Revolution uh, Basketball as well. That Contenders, man. Holy moly. I don't know if you guys are watching the, the secondary market on that, but cases of that stuff have shot through the roof. There are some absolutely amazing hits in it still out there, and um, it's not getting any less expensive. So if you can find breaks like these here on Badger Breaks, go ahead and jump in on them. We really appreciate uh, their sponsorship. Tell them the Fat Pack sent you, and uh, I think that he will be very happy to hear that Uh Again, just to really appreciate them. And speaking of that, I want to also uh, thank Ken Carl of Ken Carl Sports Art, man. You uh, hooked up the 2019 Fat Pack sketch. Looks like the mantle. I really enjoy it. We've already tweeted it out and posted it out. But uh, 
uh, Ken is going to uh, jump on as a sponsor for the next month or so, and I really appreciate him jumping uh, jumping on and doing that. With that being said, go check him out at Ken Carl Sports Art. Uh, he, he can commission portraits for you. He can commission sketch cards for you. Anything you want, that man can, can do, and he's an amazing and talented artist. Please tell him that uh, we sent you over there as well. Uh, I know that a... A few of you out there have already done it, and uh, I can't wait to see those things revealed as I cannot tell you the amount of detail that are in these. you just got to see them to believe. So uh, that's it, man. Thanks for hanging out this week. We really appreciate it uh, as we as we broke down some hobby news and, and brought you some pristine love. Uh, guys, go check them out. Register there. And until next week, man, as always, just keep listening. Cue the Drake. Thank you.